Let me tell you a story about a Spaniard named Vasquez. Welcome to Genders, Queers, and Buccaneers. I'm your host, Andy. I'm your first mate, Ronnie. And if you can tell by those introductions, um, that really, that doesn't work for this. Um, (laughs) Also, I forgot, we talked so much about last time, Evan's your first mate. And I know the quartermaster, and I'll be the bosun. I'll be the bosun. Bosun's a great role. Yeah, Uh, I like it. You're my first mate on this podcast. Okay. There is no Evan here. Yeah. Okay, yeah. All right. Um... I don't know how much of this is going to get cut. Hopefully a lot of it. Um, Genders, Queers, and Buccaneers is a Black Sales fan podcast. I encourage you to listen to episode zero where we talked about the eyes that we're coming into this podcast with and the show with. Um, there's tons of great Black Sales podcasts out there. I'm fans of very many of them. I'm friends with a bunch of people on Twitter, but I think that we have a unique perspective that we're bringing here that I haven't seen on other shows. Uh, so I think that might be worth checking out as as a little refresher. But if you are yeah. coming in blind, we're, we're your hosts and this is episode one. It's episode one. We're covering one whole episode of uh, stars, Black Sails. We sure are. And before we get into that, uh, I didn't didn't preface you with this, Andy. I didn't I didn't gonna uh, get into the to the the planning stages here. But uh, typically on ending pending and other shows we've done before, there's a bit of a bit, bit of a comedic little repartee to uh, you know get us get us loose, get us ready for the episode. Um, but you know, a lot of those there we we ask like questions about what, what's your favorite this, what's this that's per- pertinent to the episode and like like we talked about on episode zero i don't have a whole lot of legs into this world so my answers are gonna be lackluster which is why i'm bringing you hop on hop on board hop on board andy i'm hopping aboard we're going to ronnie's uh land lover learning because <laughs> okay because just because we're sailing the high seas doesn't mean we can't get straight a's on all the good, good pirate tests. And so I'm just going to bring something every week. Because uh, I'm sure there's people like me out there who, like, don't, aren't, aren't like, as into this world as Andy is. Don't uh, paint and play with miniature uh, 18th century warships mm-hmm. um, on the weekends. Uh, and so I'm just going to bring something that I, I heard on this week's episode. I said, huh. That's a word or a term or a piece of history that I've never heard before. Let me learn about it. Let me figure this oh, out. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And so you, you heard me say it earlier. Uh, the, the word, the, the term, the role that I'm bringing this week is the good old-fashioned bosun. I just hadn't heard of that before. It, bo- bosun, and those of you f- who uh, watch this show with subtitles on, it's Boatswain. But Boat I don't Swain. think yeah. I don't think that uh, that is how that is pronounced. Uh, it's pronounced Bosun, you're doing great, Ronnie. Thank you. Yeah, I yeah. did. Hell yeah. I because I was watching with subtitles. I I distinctly remember them saying Boatswain, and I was like, oh yeah, they say Boatswain. Uh, I see on Wikipedia they're saying like, oh, it's pronounced Bosun, but everyone on Black Sail said Boatswain. They did not, in fact. That is that is my <laughs> uh, that is my brain connecting dots that were not there. It is Bosun, uh, and Bosun. Is uh, and and you stop me. You correct me when I am uh, incorrect because I that that's that's the whole goal we're learning here. Okay. Um, 
it's he it's like a supervisory position of the crew uh typically a non-officer position and this is kind of like the the head honcho of the crew of the uh the the specialty roles on the ship uh our our boy billy bones uh was i called him personnel boy before uh in my notes before before the word bosun was introduced to me um and he was uh getting john silver set up as the new cook he was going around making sure all the new roles were were uh settled and uh seems like it's a supervisory position and uh kind of keeps everybody in line uh hands out roles can handle like the rigging and the maintenance of the ship when need be but for the most part it's just kind of like you know watching over the 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 crew and making sure everything's going just just so how how, how's that sound i I would i I would say you're pretty close um sure the 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 differentiating the differentiating factor between bosun and quartermaster is that like quartermaster is there to advocate for the crew to the captain sure and kind of like bring the crew's perspective into conflict with the captain. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas the bosun's job at the end of the day is to make sure the ship can sail smoothly. Sure. So there's going to be aspects of like managing the crew and personnel in regards to that. But he's really dealing with the nitty gritty um, coordinating of different aspects of the ship. So he's going to be speaking sure. to the ship accountant. He's going to be speaking to the quartermaster. He's going to be speaking to the master gunner. He's going to be speaking to uh, the, the guys doing the rigging and making sure that everyone's doing their shit and everything's good so that the ship can sail. Sure. So less of a, less of a uh, an advocate, more of a liaison, more of a kind of a, a project manager, so to speak. Yeah. I think Billy is unique in that Billy is very highly regarded by the crew. Sure. And so as, as we'll see, as the show goes on that he kind of, um, is is kind of accidentally stepping into uh, kind of like a mini quartermaster role, sure. even though that's not his duty. And we'll also learn that he and Gates are extremely close. So we've mm. gotten hints at that in this episode. So it kind of makes sense. It kind of feels like Gates is grooming him yeah. for, uh, you know, a promotion at some point. Yeah. Yeah. It, I mean, they have to regard him highly because the boy is just so damn tall. He's you, so big. You, you gotta he's regard so him. Big. So, he's so big. It's, he, it's a it, they big had old sh- piece of meat. They had to shave his head. He couldn't have long hair like the rest of them because then he wouldn't fit in the doors. They got, <laughs> they gotta, they gotta sneak him right in there. Uh, in my notes, I have that 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 boy is. Uh, I have personnel. Why does personnel boy look like little Alex Horn? from <laughs> <laughs> from uh, from Taskmaster? From Taskmaster, yeah. Um, I, 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 I'm sure I've seen this man act in something else. I did not look up his name because to me that is that is little Alex Horn, Merlin. Uh, Merlin. Uh, yeah, he, I didn't really watch No, okay. Gotcha. Um, gotcha. Uh, Umbrella Academy. Yes. Okay. That's where I've seen him from. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Big boy. He's a big boy. Big. 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 Uh, but yeah, that's 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 Ronnie's uh, landlubber learning for all you other landlubbers out there. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, figure this whole thing out one little, one little step at a time, and I'll, I'll help you along with that. I'm uh, gonna try very hard to not give like history fun facts all the time with the show, because if 
because we could just be here all day talking sure. about that, and that's not what we want to talk about all day. So I'm thinking I'm going to try and limit myself to like one or two per episode Fair. Uh, and like dig into it. That being said, listeners, we do have a Patreon, and when mm-hmm. Andy simply cannot help themselves, uh, you know, you know where to go. You know where to go yep. for the good, good, uh, seafaring facts. Uh, WTM Radio. Yes. Patreon. Oh, yeah. I guess I should say what. Yeah, we are we are a member of the Where They May Radio podcast network, and uh, you can find all of our Patreon at patreon.com slash WTM Radio. Um, so let's let's talk about this first episode. Yeah. Um, do we want to say initial thoughts before we even get into anything else? I think it's worth doing that just because, like, you, you before yeah. we talked about it, you were a little bit trepidatious about, like, oh, I, I hope Ronnie likes it. Maybe this is the only episode we ever record <laughs> of Genders, Queers, and Buccaneers. Um, I loved this. This was really Hell good. Yeah. This was, this yeah. was, a, as far as everything that we talk about in shows, everything that we uh, get into as far as what makes a show good and what makes a show bad that we've, very well trod territory from our days on ending pending. Um, this pilot, which is a real tricky thing to thread, uh, with such a big world, um, it really hit all the nails on all the heads. Big, big fan, big fan of my regard. How did you like it, Andy? So, on my first watch, I did not love the episode, okay, until the ending, mm. and Rewatching it, I, I've rewatched the first episode so many times because, like, trying to like show friends this show. But I've watched Black Sails all the way through to completion three times. This will be my fourth, all the way through to completion. Knock on wood uh, that this podcast is doing. Uh, be my fourth full watch through. But I've seen the pilot so many times, mm-hmm. and um, I have come to really like the pilot. And I've come to appreciate certain nuances that the pilot is trying to do that I maybe didn't notice on my first watch through. Mm-hmm. But that ending. Yeah. Oh, it, it is a. Um, yeah. I, I, I while watching and while there's there's so I mean, we'll get into it, but there was so mm-hmm. much happening at every step of the way. And the stakes were just getting increasingly and increasingly more intense. That it's like, how do you, how do you cap this off? How do you, what do you even do here? And in a, in a very short scene, all things considered, they really did a tremendous job of kind of tying this all on a bow and just pushing it out to sea. Flint. I'll save it, but the, the lie is what did it for me. I'm just, it it wasn't the fight scene. I mean, the fight scene is gory and visceral yeah. and, and like a great fight scene mm-hmm. and um what's his name the the villain for the episode the antagonist to flint um still 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 stir god this is embarrassing i know this is this evan always had the wikipedia up for all of our our shows and this is this is exactly uh uh, I don't want to look at too much. Like being on IMDb makes me nervous. I don't want to know or see too much. Uh, Singleton. Singleton. Yes. Yeah. Um, S- Singleton is a great villain. It's a great fight scene. Uh, mm-hmm. they, they they really sell it. But the yep. the thing that I was like. 
oh, I'm I'm into this show was the Flint lie, uh, yeah. which we'll get into, I'm sure, by the end of this podcast recording. Yeah. Yep. Tell me, t- tell us, tell us about this. Tell us about this uh, this episode, okay. Andy. I think we can we can work so, through it together. We're not, you know, I'm not, yeah, yeah. We'll, we're we'll gonna we're turns. gonna talk about it as we go. Uh, no no strict structure here, but we're just gonna kind of start at the top, work our way through. Yep. So episode one opens with a uh, merchant ship at sail, and it's this beautiful panning shot of this kind of like heroic ship and as it is um moving along we see that it is being pursued by another beautiful heroic looking ship and they start talking uh it zooms in on the merchant ship about oh my god we're being pursued there's pirates what are we gonna do uh someone is encouraging the captain to surrender the captain says absolutely not uh sailors are whispering about who the pirate is that's pursuing them and it starts seeding that there's this horrific pirate captain named Captain Flint, and that that's Flint's banner uh, sailing behind it. We meet John Silver, who is a coward. Uh, he locks himself <laughs> below decks with the ship's cook. Um, they have kind of a bit of an argument, and Silver is like, yeah, I'm not going to fucking fight up there are you kidding me um and uh the the pirates board there's like some great action beats and we we don't see any of the pirates for a really long time the they're introduced as like horror monsters which i think Mm -hmm. is brilliant Mm -hmm. um the captain locks the crew uh behind a door they all have their muskets and a bomb blows up and uh some pirates come pouring in Fake what, teeth, what, face paint, like all yeah. the, all the definitely definitely threw me for a loop as as not what I was expecting. What did uh, what did you think? What do you think of this opening? Very good, um, bloody, very gory, and, and I don't know that I was fully prepared for that. And like I was ready for it to be like, oh, this is just going to be a bloody gory show. It kind of bookends with that with the 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 blood and gore at the beginning and then the fight between Singleton and, and, and Flint at the end. Um, I'm sure there will be more <laughs> bloody fights moving forward, but I don't think that is the, like, that is not my takeaway from the show is like, Oh, what a, what a gore fest, how bloody um, it was. It was, you know, certainly grotesque, but I don't think it was overdone. I don't think it was blood for blood's sake. Yeah, black box sales, I mean, a little early on, you know, maybe it's glorifying violence a bit, but I, I feel like more so than other shows, uh, especially later black sales, um, really does not like the the violence, is not pro-violence. Yeah. Well, it's interesting even just like the way that like, and maybe again, that hey, hey, new listeners to... <laughs> to the where they may radio network i do this thing where i maybe read more into it than is there i put a little bit more subtext on the ball than maybe than maybe is necessary and so this is one of those times just bear with me um as like the first whatever it is three or four minutes of the show we are seeing it from the perspective of this merchant ship and we are hearing about this terrifying captain flint and we're 
you know, just we are we are viewing it clearly from their perspective. Everyone busts in. It's a a horror show. Everything is is bloody. They're killing people left and right. The captain is shitting himself and ready to to turn tail as soon as uh, as at a moment's notice. And then when things switch, not like and this is from the perspective of, it just is kind of like a tonal shift. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You see like the pirates of or or or, or the peop- the men of of Flint's crew kind of like playing play acting a little bit. The 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 guy with the face paint and the fake teeth is kind of like <laughs> wasn't this wasn't this a good idea? This was he jumps neat. out and like tries to spook yeah, Gates. Yeah, yeah, his it's, boss. It's, Gates is the quartermaster, and, and Gates is like, "Get out of here with this!" It becomes far more of like a workplace comedy yes, at that point. It does, and I and I enjoyed that because it it if we are to view everything in that first couple five five minutes or so from the perspective of the pursued ship. I can I can even like read a little unreliable narrator into that of just like oh everything was horrible you should have seen it it's terrifying when really it's just like a bunch of hooligans like jumping around like we gotta we gotta scare you enough to steal your stuff so so it's that's a, what we're doing here um, a big floating dorm room yeah yeah I I I liked that tonal that that put me at ease if nothing else of like okay like this is not just going to be a nonstop blood spurting masterpiece the entire time like there's going to be more nuance here and i think that that like at least with this episode what came next definitely backed that up uh something i want to point out is that the 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 crew we meet of this merchant ship all white yeah the first pirates we see in focus are Joshua, who is the uh, the the black guy with the face paint and the fake teeth, who is hilarious, uh, played by Richard Lukunku, and um, we don't get his name yet, but Joji, uh, played by Winston Chong. Uh, Joji is the Asian pirate with the uh, I don't know if it's a katana or what the proper word is for it, but the as as someone who's seen like three martial arts movies, the like fucking katana sure. on the pirate crew. Um, and like, I, that, that's intentional, right? Like mm-hmm. we're, we're seeing that, um, the, the pirates are feared and hated because they do things differently. And that's not how things are supposed to be done. Right. Um, and it's this ragtag group of people who have found a home together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So right after that, um, they uh, tie the captain up, the merchant captain up to the the mast of the ship, and uh, Singleton is kind of rallying new recruits from this merchant ship to try. He's and, trying, yeah, trying to get them to join up with the with Flint's crew. Um, which I was like, who's, who's this guy? This guy's definitely not Captain Flint. I don't, I don't know this guy at all. Andy's never cosplayed this person. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, there is some back and forth about, oh, he already thinks he's the captain. And, and you know, that goes on and on. Um, they're going to torture the, uh, the captain, the merchant captain. Um, and uh, we end up meeting maybe like around this time is John Silver. We, or Mm -hmm. we, we, uh, you know, he very aggressively is like, I'm a cook. I can, I can, I can be on your crew. I want to join. So he, 
uh, very, you know, on the nose poetically stabbed the other cook in the back. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> Silver is standing over the guy's body with a knife sticking out of that guy's back. Mm-hmm. And we knew that that character, the the cook of uh, this merchant vessel, had uh, ripped a page out of a book from the captain's quarters. We don't know what that page is yet, mm-hmm. but Flint, Captain Flynn is very interested in the books in the captain's quarters. The cook had a page ripped out, and now it's in Silver's possession. Yes. Uh, unbeknownst to anyone except for Silver. Yeah. Um, and m- m- the whole situation is unbeknownst to basically everyone except for Flint and Gates. Uh, mm-hmm. Because whatever is happening, Flint is keeping this very close to the vest. And it is resulting in them going after ships that have not the best load, not the best profit. Um, in pursuit of this page, in pursuit of this book that they finally stumbled across, but it's it's not the full Monty. It doesn't have everything that they need there, uh, which is causing a lot of unrest among the crew because even on on this job, uh, eight dollars, eight dollars a man, and that's uh, I, I, adjusting for inflation, still probably not a lot of money. Six hundred, six hundred. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's... I saw someone on Black Cell's Twitter today actually tweeting about the pilot and how $8 in 1700 was 600 But you have to imagine they were probably weeks at sea Yes, for this one job, yep. and then they are going to go back and blow that. Yeah. Probably within a week Yeah, at best. They're going to blow that very quickly. Uh, pirates are notorious for spending their money very fast. Yeah. It's so in like, I, I know that the ship clearly has an accountant, has a quartermaster who's who, who's managing all these funds. It is like, it, I I, with this being such a you know, um, as one of the the scenes that comes up is one that kind of establishes the differences between what might have been done on a like merchant crew or a naval crew versus what is done on the walrus um where uh billy is directing john silver and saying everyone gets the same treatment here there's no special treatment in far in so far as larger portions or or cuts of meat um the captain the bosun the quartermaster everybody gets exactly the same thing um and it's like, is this level of like, like we were talking about this workplace, is it democratized in the, into the point where like, here's your $600, but you're expected to like, that $600 is also supposed to go into our vessel. We're not keeping anything aside for us for the, the, you know, portions or, 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 or uh, rations or anything like that. Um, because $600, even though it's something you could blow through pretty quickly, does feel like a decent amount for, for one job. So the the accountant mentions as well that they are taking cuts for injuries and for long-term disabled sure. members. Yes. So that is something that set Pirates apart is um, they essentially had like a healthcare system mm-hmm. and uh, at, at, like – Cuts for keeping the vessel running for supplies and stuff would have been 
taken before that as well. Sure. Very, very frequently a captain would have been given a cut of a share and a half. Mm -hmm. And then people like the quartermaster, the master gunner, uh, the ship's surgeon would have been given a cut and a quarter. Mm. So um, comparable to merchant ships where the captain is taking anywhere from 40 to 60%, you know, depending on the owner and whatnot, like that's, that's outrageous. Like that's, that is very democratized. Um, and as we're going to get into with this episode, voting is incredibly important. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and that like, uh, very different approach to, um, democratization and, and differences in the split of the, of the bounty is uh, directly called out by Singleton. Uh, mm. uh, you know, the slave work that you are doing for this man, uh, the captain of the merchant vessel, they are ready to uh, just kill him. Um, Flint comes out and is uh, interested in what um, the captain might know. Because he's still in hot pursuit of this page of this of the ship of this captain's log, uh, the captain gives nothing up. Doesn't seem like he knows anything. Asks his men to stand down. asks asks Flint to command his men to stand down, and the captain kind of realizes like, oh, you don't have control of these men. You mm-hmm. you you don't. You are their captain, but they are uh, not to be tamed by you. Which Flint kind of really takes the heart. You're, how long till you're tied to this mast? That's, yeah, oh, that yeah. is a good. Yeah, that was a good line from from a from an actor who like a, a very small actor who like the fact that he was not the most compelling didn't really matter. That was a great line. Um, yeah, great delivery. Yeah, I don't want to give Treasure Island spoilers because Ronnie has not watched it yet. Actually, we talked. About I haven't. Ronnie was going to watch it. Uh, in our episode zero, uh, Ronnie has chosen to not watch it, but I do need to highlight that we see Silver in Treasure Island in a very similar situation with his crew, mm. and I don't think that's too big of a Treasure Island spoiler no. to to say that we see Silver navigating a very similar circumstance where his crew wants to do one thing and he is really not on board, but he's stuck trying to navigate these waters of like. I'm their captain and I have a degree of authority in that position. However, what I want them to do is really unpopular and they might kill me if I push the, the issue too hard. Yeah. Uh, and so it's fun uh, having just reread treasure Island, going back and watching this now and being like, Ooh, a connection. Mm-hmm. Um, right after this is happening, uh, Singleton is like ready to like really press the hot iron to uh to the metaphorical iron to Flint and surprise there's a, a British naval ship hot on their tail. They got a they got a the Scarborough. The Scarborough. Scarborough ports in Boston. Um and they disengage from this other ship and head for Nassau. Um, we were are they... briefly introduced to the other cook on the way to Nassau. Yeah, I Randall. Randall. So I want you to keep an eye on Randall, Ronnie. 
Oh, I will be. Randall's got a and, Randall's got a pretty kitty, so. Yeah, Randall's got a cat. Um, I want you to tell me every episode of Randall's faking it or not. <laughs> Whether Randall's faking it or not. Interesting. Yes. So um Randall is uh let's say special needs. Sure. Um, it, it's clear that he was injured. He was a member of the crew. He's well loved mm-hmm. and that the crew has been keeping him on as the cook in a temporary fashion till they could find a real cook. Uh, but like Ra- Randall can do that. Uh, and it's Randall can still be part of the crew and, and participate in the crew by being the cook. Mm-hmm. And they want to keep Randall on board because they love Randall. Yeah. Uh, d- despite the, the injury he suffered, uh, kind of making him, uh, require extra help. Yeah. And Randall does not seem thrilled that John Silver no. is being made to cook. Now. No. Um, um, but there's there's a hot debate amongst Black Sails uh, fandom on if Randall is, is faking his um, decreased mental capacity or not. Interesting. Interesting. I will mm. keep an eye out. I will for sure yeah. put me keep, on Randall keep, Watch. Keep, uh, I'm, keep I'm an there. eye out, Randall Watch. What's your first impression of Randall, though? Uh, I mean, uh, a uh, it does seem like if living in a world right now where he is not faking it, maybe a it's hard to say that it's not being played for laughs. It's certainly being played for like this. It, you know, Billy kind of turns away from him after everything. He's like, well, he'll be fine. Um, but then like uses that as like the exposition for how democratized the ship is. And John Silver pointing out like, even this guy, even this guy gets like the same as everybody else. And, you know, Billy explains his uh, situation. Randall gets more. And does he? Yeah, if you're if you're injured, you oh. in, in the line of duty, um, to a degree that you can't like earn a living elsewhere, you are getting a higher cut than everyone else. Yeah, yeah. Basically, uh, so so based on how severe your injury is and how um, decreased you would be to your ability to like find work elsewhere, mm-hmm. you're going to be making a higher cut gotcha. than other members of the crew. Yeah. And uh, Billy points out, we like Randall. Yeah. And, and that was, that was if, if the moment of like, uh, he's not really quite getting this, but he'll be fine, was like played for a laugh. That moment kind of, um, you know, supplanted that in a, in a very mm-hmm. good way. Um, seems, seems fine. Didn't get, didn't get, <laughs> didn't get enough of a, of a look at him like his cat. Um, and, uh, you know, excited for whatever his new job is going to be. Um, I, I should state that I'm I'm speaking in in general terms for pirates in the golden age of piracy. Sure. Um, every ship would have their own charter. They would uh, agree and set a charter for each voyage, so it could be amended if like a rule was put in place and it's not working. Mm-hmm. They can get rid of that rule next time. So I'm speaking in generalities because sure. every single voyage was going to have changes to the charter. Theoretically, so we are going to have so big, many terms. Pirates on Pirate ships was like I didn't. I when I was flew, sailed on this ship, I didn't get any more than my quarter. Uh, yeah, yeah. 
Uh, understood. Understood. Um, so they they get to Nassau. They get to Nassau. Get off the boat. We get a cool kind of um, uh, audience audience surrogate in uh, um, John Silver, where mm-hmm. this this kind of whole place is new to him, and so he's kind of taking it all in. What is this place? This is Nassau. He gets to meet Blackbeard. Gets to meet Blackbeard, which is a, a, a series of sex workers, um, uh, which is also played as like a, oh, he's got to meet Blackbeard. Everyone has to do it. Um, and he, he gets bedded by. Uh, I I hated that scene the first time I watched it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just felt like so male gazy and so gratuitous. Yeah. Watching it this time kind of liked it i was like look at these rowdy boys like yeah. they're they're showing the new guy a good time mm-hmm. like like i i didn't hate it as much on yeah. this watch i do wonder what is in it for the sex workers to, to like 10 of them to jump this guy's bones for free but oh it, I, i'm sure they were paid sure, that's by fair. his friends that's yeah. fair yeah yeah well, it, it's all got to come off the top the injured the injuries yeah. the rations and <laughs> the, the, the and new the... guys got to meet blackbeard that's yeah. a big yeah, price yeah, yeah. we need mm-hmm. we need six sex workers right. uh we are introduced to max in that scene yes and i do love that max is working an angle from the jump when we yep. meet her yep uh max fucking rules um she is about to have a rough next few episodes, but Max fucking rules, and she mm. is working a goddamn angle right from the jump. Yep. Uh, the men are unloading the uh, the ship. Uh, Gates sends uh, Billy to go with Flint as a way to kind of restrain him from doing anything too stupid, I'll say, too, too, too <laughs> offhanded. Uh, Flint loves a murder. Flint loves a murder. Flint loves a war crime. (laughs) Uh, Flint is not here to make the best decisions ever. Um, Flint's not here to make friends. That that, that seems very clear up front. So Um, Flint needs to do two things. And this is going to be the the gist of the episode moving forward is he needs to figure out the information on the missing page and he needs to rally the votes to because he knows Singleton is going to try to unseat him as captain. And captains are elected and can be challenged at any time. So his mission for the page is he's like, I'm going to go to Richard Guthrie, who is the owner of this island. Um, he like runs the business. Uh, and he is who we sell our stolen goods to, to like get it cleaned and get the money. And then he resells it legally. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to go to him. And convince him to give me his contact in Havana because if I speak to that contact, that guy can give me the context to fill in what was maybe on the missing page. Sure. Gates is going to go and get a bunch of money from Eleanor Guthrie, who is Flint and Gates's pal, uh, Richard Guthrie's daughter. And she runs the like biggest inn slash drinking establishment on the island. And she'll loan us a bunch of money, which we can use to buy people to vote for Flint in the election. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll fill her in on this plan with her dad. Um, yeah. So that is kind of the gist of the rest of the episode. Mm-hmm. Where do you want to talk about? What do you want? Where do you want to go, Ronnie? Um, I mean, we we meet lots of 
of people. We really meet so Billy people. in this in this kind of uh, scene. We we see that relationship between him and Gates, kind of like you know he can rely on on Billy and. Uh, <laughs> I love great... Flint. Who's yes, Billy? Yes. <laughs> the captain trusts you. The captain relies on you. The captain knows that you have his best. Uh, captain, this is Billy. Who's Billy? Very good. Very good. Very well so done. Good. Very like it. It was like, I'll talk about this more later, but uh, put a pin in this. Like this is, this is one of the starts of like me realizing like, okay, this is, this is uh, different than some of the shows we've watched before. And it hinges on Flint being a particular type of character. Um, mm-hmm. This was the start of that. Um, we meet Max. Obviously, we meet uh, Eleanor. Um, we meet the Ranger crew here. Yes. So, 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 speak on that more. Sure. So, um, we we see Gates leaving um, the like head of a family on the ship. Um, where a lot of uh, the black crew members um, respect this one member of the crew and kind of listen to him. And um, we see uh, Jack Rackham watching Gates leave. And uh, the the character's name is Mosiah. Uh, so jack rackham is then hanging out drinking and he sees singleton celebrating and rackham is like why are you partying like you're gonna lose this vote and singleton's like what the fuck are you talking about and rackham kind of spills the beans like i saw gates leaving mosiah mm-hmm. and i'm pretty sure he just bought his votes mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. singleton then confronts mosiah on the beach uh stepping out from behind jack is Anne bonnie in what is a incredible character introduction. She like is holding her. She has these two knives, like big ass knives with brass knuckles, like attached to the hilts. Mm. And she kills, uh, Mosiah's like, uh, right hand man. And then, um, then we meet Charles Vane in what is another incredible character introduction, like through the smoke of the, uh, the cigarette Mm Vane comes walking out and uh he's just a predator of a man like he he's a fucking lion yeah he had like i i don't know this actor but this actor can't play anything but villains he has that kind of a face i um i i disagree i desperately want him to play Geralt of rivia uh his name is zach mcgowan Um, sure like like because witchers are kind of like fucked up and experimented on and like they're they're always described in like these sort of monstrous words and and sure. just like how he carries himself as vain like he is a large feral cat of prey mm-hmm. like god he just like slinks into scenes but like he's ready to pounce at a moment right not um, a not a hulking not not a billy bones yeah. type of like large man but like very imposing i mean he he's ripped but he's not super tall sure. in the yes, way that yeah. billy is tall right but he's fucking stout he mm-hmm. is ripped mm-hmm. um so we we learn that like not only is there a bunch of inter drama and politics on individual crews but on opposing crews as well, because what's happening here is um, Jack Rackham is orchestrating 
a coup of a foreign power mm-hmm. to better his own captain. Uh, we were, we learned that Rackham is Vane's quartermaster. So he is, uh, Vane's Gates in yes. the way that Gates is Flint's quartermaster. And, um, they are trying to get Flint replaced by Singleton because they know Singleton's kind of an idiot. Mm-hmm. And don't get me wrong. Singleton is right in like almost everything he says about Flint, but that doesn't make him smart. Yeah. Uh, and he will be much easier for the crew of the Ranger to better their position in Nassau. And while Flint has been going on this crusade of kind of attacking smaller targets that aren't uh, bringing a big yield, the Ranger crew has been bringing in huge yields for months while Flint has been distracted. So they're mm-hmm. now trying to fully capitalize on this and have him removed from power. Right. Right, right, right. So while that's all happening, uh, Billy and Flint are at a uh, at the home of um, his Richard name, Guthrie. Richard Guthrie, who is, as we talked about, kind of fencing the goods for for uh, for the for the, for all of the pirates, um, and they are taking a meeting with him, and uh, it it starts a flowing the the kind of the whole conceit of what will be presumably the story of this show, uh, beginning with the story of a Spaniard named Vasquez. Yeah. Uh, as we, we uh, talked about making our, our intro, but didn't do it this time. Um, he tells this very impassioned story. Uh, it's of, like a sermon. It is. It, it, he stands up, he's walking around the room. Um, he is evangelizing right now. Whether or not Richard Guthrie gives a shit, he's definitely gripped by it. Flint is nothing if not like seems like a good storyteller, a good, you know, uh, he's he if it's bullshit, he really buys his own bullshit um, that the uh, a, a big giant Spanish galleon, the prize of the Spanish fleet is uh, sailing without proper protection, without proper guidance uh, across Broca the Atlantic. The, yes, yes. Um, and Flint says it's a $5 million prize, which, talk about inflation, has to be uh, outrageous. Um, and he... Uh, kind of leans on Guthrie to, as Andy said, give him his man in Havana to help him fill in the gaps of what is missing in this the schedule uh, of where the the ship, the Spanish galleon, is going to be, uh, so that they can take it and have the payday of a lifetime. Um, Guthrie is not convinced. And the uh, role that Billy was supposed to play of keeping, trying to keep Flint's cool through all of this uh, is triggered as uh, he, Flint, goes to kind of break the arm of Guthrie, the owner of Flint's entire enterprise, yeah. uh, who, who can make or break Flint. That's why Billy is there to prevent anything terrible from happening. Uh, and 
instead of pointing his pistol at Guthrie, he points it at Flint. Um, and they are interrupted by the same the Scarborough, the same crew that pursued them on the high seas has now pursued them all the way to the Bahamas. Uh, and they got, everyone's got to play it cool. Cause every, everyone's a criminal in this room. And not only are they there to presumably arrest Flint, they are there actually to arrest Richard Guthrie. Yes. Um, Violence ensues. Billy and Flint kick these guys' asses. Richard Guthrie gets shot, though. And Mm -hmm. so now Flint and Billy have to deal with Richard Guthrie, like, bleeding (laughs) out. Yeah. Um, Flashback over to Silver. He's been confronted by Max about the ripped-out page. She asks, they agree to, like, become partners. She asks what it is. Silver says, I actually don't know. So Silver has to figure out what was in, what the, the books were that it was ripped from. And so he kind of talks to Dufresne. He breaks into Flint's office, um, studies the book that Flint had, and he realizes that it's a treasure fleet schedule. Mm-hmm. So he's like, oh, this is going to be worth bank. Yeah. And Max wh- agrees to find a potential buyer but it's going to be hard because a lot of people like flint or are scared of him but she's going to have to find someone who is not only not afraid of flint but also hates him while um uh silver is uh breaking into and kind of snooping through uh the office of uh flint uh he triggers a like anti-theft kind of little system of like a mm-hmm. feather on on the drawer that uh yeah. that flint had set up a, a thing i also want to mention about the cop showing up mm-hmm. is before shit breaks bad they ask uh guthrie if there's gossip in nassau and uh, Guthrie's confused. He's like, why are you asking me about that? Like, I don't get it. And the lead cop is like, gossip brings shame and shame brings, you know, civilization. It keeps society in line. Da, 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 da. You don't have any shame. Uh, therefore you guys are not part of civilization. And like, we're here to arrest you. Mm-hmm. And this is, key to then Flint's argument with Billy about what's coming as civilization, why, you know, they mean to name us pirates because we're monsters, that whole bit. And I think it's really compelling because in episode one, once you, you know, the, the spoiler that Flint is gay and you go back and you watch this first episode, it, Mm -hmm. it like really hits you on the head. And um, what do you what do you think about all that, Ronnie? Where your what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, it's it's it is a very uh, you know the juxtaposition of those two things about shame and using that as a mechanism of control. Um, uh, on on Guthrie uh, specifically, but you know Flint kind of using that in a similar way to control Billy, but with the hope of some kind of freedom, with the hope of, I am, make me your king. We need to get through this. And on the other side, 
there is freedom. There is is room for us to to walk forward as opposed to where the cops, much like any cops, are I'm using this to control you and it is an endless cycle of control. Uh, the, the control, or at least the attempt to wrench control, never ends uh, because it is a, a power dynamic that that keeps them in power. Um, but but Flynn is talking about it from a much different perspective. Yeah, this idea of like state enforced violence is here to keep the status quo, whether that status mm-hmm. quo be uh, the heterosexual family unit or. Um, you know, this this legal trade that is going on, or whether it be the transatlantic slave trade, um, whatever whatever it is, there's this state-enforced violence that is going to be here to keep the status quo, and uh, asshole cops are the means that the state enforces right. uh, shame. And there, and there are steps in that process that you can see, you know, whether this is Flint being altruistic or flit just kind of continuing the means where you see in queer communities today, where despite them not starting this kind of respectability politics, there is an expectation of playing the game, playing along until we can get somewhere greater until we can get somewhere further along. We do have to play the cops game or we have to play by the rules of society in this very specific way. And uh, in my experience and my uh, studying in the history, uh, it doesn't the, the the steps that are taken to move forward with tactics like that are uh, very easily overturned and turned back, and uh, you know, rejecting those societal norms and rejecting the the respectability of of doing things the way that the cops, by the way, the society wants you to, uh, always causes a greater growth and greater forward momentum for, for movements like this. I want to just very quickly bring out that there are homophobic black sales fans, which hmm. is truly unhinged. Um, they never seem to have an issue with like Max and Eleanor or, um, well, no spoilers and Bonnie, but, um, there's they, so many boobs there. How could you have a problem with it? They really hate the Flint storyline, despite liking Flint, which right. I don't understand. Mm-hmm. But um, they've built this mythology that uh, the the showrunners were forced to turn Flint gay later on in Black Sails, and that he wasn't gay in early Black Sails, and that his story is better if you just ignore all the gay stuff. And it's like rewatching season one episode one for this podcast it's like guys it's one it's it's there in this first episode like right the viewer doesn't know it yet but once you know and you watch this episode it's so clear and that's that's one of the reasons why we're you know going to be talking about flint being gay this whole time for this podcast right right um there and then two everyone the the showrunners toby stevens they've talked about how they like they told Toby as soon as he got the part that this is the backstory. You need to be showing that the whole time. Mm -hmm. And so like a single 
a, a single bit of like research or looking into the behind the scenes, you, you like their their weird story about how like stars or the network or like the liberals forced this gay storyline onto a show that is full of lesbians, but um, yeah. also like it, it, it immediately implodes. Yeah. There is a uh, much, a very famous and uh, very uh, good quote by author Bell Hooks uh, about being queer. Are you familiar with this? I don't know. Uh, I think it, 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 it is something that I use a lot. And I feel like it almost does a disservice to Bell Hooks uh, to like use this quote to like make sense of my life because the things that I'm using this to apply to are very trivial things for the great Bell Hooks to be speaking to. But I think it like fits with that and certainly fits with this where the quote is queer, not as being about who you're having sex with. That can be a dimension of it but queer as being about the self that is at odds with everything around it and has to invent and create and find a place to speak and to thrive and to live. Mm-hmm. And so like from, from what, I mean, I've seen one episode of, of black sales, <laughs> but like from what you've told me about the show, from what I know about like piracy of this era and, and what it would mean to have to be openly queer at that time, it, you know, this this just speaks so roundly to that, to to, to those homophobic yeah. fans where it's not just like, oh, he's just having sex with men. It's not that's a dimension of it. That is certainly part of it. Um, but it is about the world that Flint is trying to create and invent and find a place for himself in. And as we see in this, whether it is, you know, uh, a bit controlling or a bit forceful looking to bring people like Gates, people like Billy into this with him to find a place for them to be able to speak and to thrive and to live. Um, and it's, yeah, it, it you can't separate those things from someone's identity, even if, oh, well, you know, maybe they didn't put in, you know, a gay sex scene or they didn't put in a, a gay romance. This is still a part of his character. This is this is this is still intrinsic to him. Um this queerness and it is beyond just whatever romance is happening on the show. It's a dimension of it. It's an important part of it, but it is so mm-hmm. uh in, in, like I said intrinsic to the character that I don't see how you can enjoy the show and not be like I don't know yeah like as as you're saying like even with one episode in on your first watch the fact that you know flint is queer Mm -hmm. you can already you know on your first go through one episode deep say this character doesn't make sense in a hetero lens and as someone who has watched the show many times um i i i i know for a fact Given the character's backstory, given his motivations, given what we're going to see as the show goes on, that there is no show without Flint being gay and there is no Flint without Flint being gay. And uh, it is clear, especially in the scene in episode one and the scene with Billy, that this was always the intended story. Right. It's so interesting and a little bit like it it brings things to light but also like 
still creates a lot of anger for me when I hear people and I've heard a lot of people talk about queer storylines like you just said, like, oh, they just forced it in. They just wedged it in. That was out of nowhere. And like before I realized I was queer, I was kind of like, yeah, it didn't really bother me. Like it just it felt natural. And, you know, in as I'm speaking about this with you, it's like, yeah, because I was queer and it's easy <laughs> for me who is looking to invent and create and find a place to speak and to thrive and to live is also it's easier for me to see other people that are looking to invent and create and find a place to speak and to thrive and to live. And like, of course, yeah, it didn't bother me at all because I could see I could I could clock that a mile away. And for for all the straights, it's like, what? I, I pictured so, them with with women the whole time. Something I love about uh, the Les Hangout podcast, we uh, you know our, our friends over there. Yeah, uh, they have a series called like Should Have Been Gay, and mm-hmm. there are so many stories that are you know popular movies or mythology or folk tales or fairy tales or uh, TV shows. You know what? There's so many stories, video games that if you add a queer element to them, they're actually better. And like the metaphor mm-hmm. works better. Um, and like, we are constantly having to see ourselves in stories, you know, Cinderella is not classically trans, but if you add a trans element, I kind of think that story works a lot better and is more mm-hmm. interesting mm-hmm. and hits harder. Um, yep. or Robin hood or a super, you know, whatever it is, whatever, right. whatever story it is. Um, uh, freaking! What's the roller derby movie with Elliot Page? Um, God, all the oh. lesbians are yelling at us right now. But <laughs> you know, what, whatever the story is, whatever the movie is, right, if you right, add right. an actual queer element to it, it, it turns out the story is better. And like us, us homos are constantly having to do that extra legwork. We're constantly having to work a little harder to see ourselves in stories and video games and folk tales. But like. Heaven forbid there's a story that from the onset is like, actually, this is a gay story and it's for the gays. And all of a sudden, all the straights are like, ew, gross. This shouldn't be here. This is forced and you're making this terrible by adding your, get touching it with your gay hands. It's like, shut the fuck up. You have so many stories and you're constantly taking queer culture and like hetero washing it, um, you know, like roller derby or uh cross-dressing or drag you know looking Mm -hmm. at you you know mrs doubtfire or Mm. uh what have you and it's like you're constantly taking queer aesthetics and queer language and queer stories and straight washing it so like this one's ours get the fuck out of here right um when flint comes back aboard the ship um after having a a impassioned conversation with billy about the fact that a let's let's stop and talk about that actually because yeah, this, this, this is yeah. like a really excellent use of dialogue here. Really, like the stakes are being established. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Billy is ready to shoot the captain, um, and Flint talks about how there is a war coming. Billy kind of brushes him off that like the Scarborough is not. Like one ship does not make a war. Like this, you're you're blowing this out of proportion. Um, at at my at this point, even even before this, when he's like making his his uh, plea to, um, uh, fuck, Rutledge, Gates. 
Oh, uh, Richard Guthrie. Guthrie, thank you. Uh, when he's making his plea to Guthrie, it's like, this guy doesn't, he's not all there. He's, he, he. Who, Flint? Flint, yeah. He, yeah. It is like, he's like, has like gold fever. He is way in over his head. Um, they talk early on uh, uh, about, uh, between him and Billy earlier in the office, about like, oh, the crew always says that I'm overeducated and I, I, I you know, I'm this, I'm that. I really was I'm ready. Distant. I'm distant. I was really ready for uh, Flint to be one of my least favorite tropes in all of television. And it is one that's used over and over again. Just a perfect golden boy. Just a f- perfect mm-hmm. golden boy who like he's he's a, he's a pirate. He's a criminal. But he's he's just like he's so good. He's so good to his core. Everything he's doing is for the good of society and betterment. And everyone else just can't understand that. And he's quiet and he's super smart. And I was really ready for him to be like this guy. And he's not. He is so, so not. (laughs) And I love that. I love that. He is so flawed. He, He makes terrible decisions and he does terrible things yeah and um you know we we talked about in episode zero how we're going to talk about certain types of spoilers a spoiler that we are going to address is that flint is queer mm-hmm. uh right from the jump and i love that we have this fucking broken kind of nasty character who also happens to be gay yeah yep. love that love yeah. that for us it's 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 so good. It's so to to have your protagonist be someone who is just like vile in a way in just the right amount and also him. and also like unhinged in just the right amount. Um, we'll talk about his unhingedness with the singleton fight, but yeah. Yeah, it it is like when when the when the captain of the merchant ship at the beginning is like, oh, you you can't control these men. Like, these these are, you can't do anything about this. It's really just like, he can't control anything. Like, everything is out himself. of his control. Yeah. Like, it, it's, it clearly is, like, all slipping away. Um, so he and, and Billy are arguing about what they got to do here. Yeah. Uh, did I interrupt you? I'm sorry. No, you are so good. You are so okay. good. And I want to read this quote. Yeah. Because this this quote is like the fucking thesis for black sales and is why mm-hmm. so many minorities love this show. Mm-hmm. When the king brands us pirates, he doesn't mean to make us adversaries. He doesn't mean to make us criminals. He means to make us monsters. For that's the only way his God-fearing, tax-paying subjects can make sense of men who keep what is theirs and fear no one. Mm-hmm. When I say there's a war coming, I don't mean with the Scarborough, and I don't mean with King George or England. Civilization is coming, and it means to exterminate us. And I don't think you can quite get that quote if you're like a white, straight, cis person Mm -hmm. in America. Mm -hmm. But if you are queer, if you're a person of color, Mm -hmm. if you're uh, a a faith other than Christianity— like you were, if you were a minority of some sort, you were going to connect with that quote yeah. because that's what they do to us. They, uh, you know, if you're a queer person, uh, they label us groomers, they label us, um, faggots, they talk about how we're predators 
And they throw these terms at us to dehumanize us and then to justify their systemic abuse of us in order to exterminate us. They label black people thugs and um, angry and violent and, and stuff like that in order to justify the murder and abuse of, you know, black people in America has been going on for hundreds of fucking years. Um, and like, I could just go down the list sure. of ways that they label like, Palestinians terrorists. Yes. So that they can use that to dehumanize them and they, wipe out a civilization. Any, uh, anyone who is from Palestine, if they're interviewing them, I watched this interview on, on Twitter, uh, last week where this guy was just giving this, this interview. And, and the first question was, uh, do you condemn Hamas? And he stopped the interview and he's like, that's such a bullshit question. Like, mm-hmm. like how, like you're opening with that to already dehumanize me. Yes. Um, so like that's the playbook. It's not just the playbook in America. It's also the, this, this was a British interview I was watching, but it's, yeah. it's the playbook across. It's the playbook of colonialism. Countries everywhere. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Of, of colonization. You, yeah. It, it's the playbook of, Absolutely. of needing land, of needing resources, and not having the obvious control of that, which you do in so many other places, and needing to turn that over to you through dehumanizing those people who are in control, to, to make them other, to make them, uh, whether it is a, a violence thing. I, I, I'm reading. There's a lot going on right now with um, the uh, Killers of the Flower Moon. Uh, the film just came out, and I've been I've been reading some things about the book and um, uh, the people who stole land and wealth from the Native Americans, not through force, but because they declared them like ill-equipped to deal with it, and became guardians, uh, as we've seen for like some celebrities and stuff like that, to become to claim guardianship. Like, oh, I need to manage this person's estate because they couldn't help hope to do it mm-hmm. there are the playbook is is deep and long but this is the kind of thing that you do by hook or by crook whatever you do you need to other to demean this the people who I, stand in your way i will never forget i was having an argument with one of my family members and um my, they were being shitty to me, and my point was like, please stop. Like, your actions are hurting me, and I don't like how you are talking about me. I don't like how you're talking about my partner. Like, this conversation isn't going well, and I really need you to, like, reevaluate how you're approaching it. Which, to me, seemed, like, pretty rational. And they were like, oh, there you go again with your leftist agenda, and I was just like, oh, my God, like they fully like parroted this from like yeah. talk news uh, from like Fox News. Like yeah. and like by labeling what I was saying as my leftist agenda, like that fully they weren't talking to Andy anymore, their family member. They were talking to this thing that the news had told them to be terrified of that the church had told them to be terrified of. Told them to be uh, terrified I, of, but also to fully dismiss and fully yeah. invalidate. They did. Yeah, I, they did not have to engage in debate or discussion anymore. They could just turn their brains off and say, "No, you are, yeah. you are evil." This is this is yeah. exactly what they told I, us to turn away from. 
I wasn't their family member anymore. I was the boogeyman who yeah. had replaced their family member, their loved one. Right. Um, and so, like, having that realization of, like, oh, shit. And then, like, hearing Flint, like, lay it out so clearly of, like, they're labeling us this because that is the only way they can maintain their power and their agenda of civilization. Right. And Billy being like, well, what are we going to do about it? And Flint's like, Flint then goes off the fucking rails and he's like, we need to unite behind our own King. And Billy's like, dude, this is Nassau. Like we don't have a King. And Flint is like, I'm your King. Yeah. It's just like, Oh, Oh, Flint is nuts. Yeah. 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 I will say that if there is a perfect golden boy, who's never done anything wrong in this, it is Billy. It is Uh (laughs) at least in my estimation so far, Billy Mm -hmm. is like the, the perfect uh, little angel boy. Who's just like, but so we have a democracy. Like it's, it's just, it is uh, very good well, and very good to have that contrast. This this scene is so fucking important because it it's going to establish why Billy lies. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Oh. Because prior to this scene, if that plays out the same way, like let's say this scene doesn't happen, but everything with um, Singleton happens at the end. Flint murders him, takes the fake page. And hands it to Gates. What do you think the crew says when Gates goes, oh, yeah, this is the missing uh, schedule. Right, right. The crew goes, Gates is biased. Right. Gates is supposed to advocate for us, but we know he's your best friend, Flint. Yeah. Like, we don't buy this. Show us the page. But because Billy is known to be honest and well-liked amongst the crew, and Flint mm-hmm. has just kind of groomed him yeah. for this uh, he's kind of, you know, started indoctrinating him. He started evangelizing to to Billy about what the real agenda is. He's kind of shown him behind the door of like, this is what me and Gates talk about. Mm-hmm. Come on in, like have a seat at right. the table. Right. Billy gets it though. And so yeah. Billy lies because he knows that what's more important right now is the story of right. the Urca de Lima. Right. Because even, even from, from Billy's standpoint, the, the um, Gates very clearly sets up the the stakes of the thing where it is death to thieves and it's also death to people who accuse thieves and that wasn't the case. And so like this is Gates establishing this whether it's in a kind of like a showy way, a performative way or not. Mm-hmm. The, the the things are established. The stakes are established. Yeah. Um and so like even without the the high stakes of this war that is coming or the 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 this you know with the carrot or the stick the carrot being like this five million dollar prize like the chaos that then ensues if the captain killed the like to be captain only to have to be killed again because yeah it's just like it 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 is entering a level of of chaos that like it's weird to say like oh the pirate the pirate the pirate boy the good good pirate boy can't handle this much like unknown and uncertainty and stuff like that because that's their entire lives but like it feels to me like billy it kind of thrives in this world of order that he has created in which he has Mm -hmm. become like more than just a bosun like he is going above and beyond to create as much certainty as there can be and then he is flung headfirst and like well the 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 future of this ship is firmly in your hands. What are you gonna do? Absolutely perfect boy who's never done anything wrong. You're gonna do something wrong. You're gonna you're the, the well has been poisoned and and there's so, no coming back here. 
I'm going to I'm going to pass time travel just a little bit to get us up to the fight. Yes. Cuz we kind of skipped from the the Flint Billy one-on-one to yeah. the the handing of the note. So let's let's catch everyone up real quick. Uh you hopefully you've watched the show before, mm-hmm. but um maybe it's been a hot minute. So we find out that Eleanor is pissed at Vane because uh she has been backing Flint and just like gave a huge investment to try and shore up his captaincy. Uh, they punch each other. Uh, he said, you should be backing me. We find out that they used to be an item during all of this nonsense. We're also finding out that like Jack is full on with the whole max thing and trying to get this list from her. Now um, he and, Anne go have like post conspiracy sex where it's it's clear that he is like turned on by her violence Mm -hmm. and she is turned on by his like political machinations Mm -hmm. so they're like definitely a power couple to keep your eyes out um i kind of love that trope of like tough girl smart smart boy situation like Mm -hmm. Anne is for sure uh like a herbo but she's not nice yeah um but she is like strong and violent and a little dumb mm-hmm. uh and i mean that all in the best way possible i do not mean that in, in a bad way and and jack is not maybe the physical threat although mm-hmm. we will see him hold his own he is a pirate after all yeah but he is very very clever and she's allowed to be horny which is a thing yeah. that i love oh for sure yeah in a very like we talked about that a lot uh when we watched um firefly with how kaylee was allowed to be mm-hmm. horny and that was a bit more subtle sometimes no not not always but from the jump like there is yeah. no bones about it this is this is a woman who is in touch with her sexuality and she, does not she, feel bad about it she is here to kill people with knives mm-hmm. and fuck yes love that for her yeah uh so all of that is happening uh we get to the ship uh, Flint accuses Singleton of stealing. Oh, we should also something? we also should say that uh, Max, upon seeing Eleanor with you know a oh, fat lip yes. or something Thank like that, yeah. very important part, especially for us to cover. Uh, Max goes to comfort Eleanor, and they uh, make it clear that they have a relationship, and then they have sex. Yeah. So Eleanor is. Uh, clearly bisexual um max is i would say sexuality ambiguous we know that she's a sex worker and sleeps with men mm-hmm. she seems to be into eleanor though in like a romantic sense yeah um i will say the only time that the vein punch feels like grosser to me is when uh max asks her what happened and she's like oh i started it and it's just like oh yeah yeah <laughs> when you say that i know that you mean yeah. you punched him in the face in front of all of his men and if he looked like like that's yeah it, you, you can't attack a captain in front of his crew without expecting a response but it feels like you didn't do the dishes and it feels right. icky when right. you said that you started yeah. it i asked for uh, it kind of thing yeah yeah, yeah it's yeah. just bad. like oh bad, bad, no bad. Bad, bad, bad yeah. line choice there for how I read the scene initially. <laughs> um, but yes, um, speaking of like assigning labels to people, that's messy, like in a historical context or in a show that is dealing 
you know, with historical ideas and times and whatnot, just because they didn't have the language that we have to talk about shit. Yeah. Um, uh, and they didn't quite have the like philosophy that we've developed around gender and sexuality. Now mm-hmm. uh, we're going to be using modern terms to try and navigate it as best we can. Yeah. So it, I will say that uh, from the perspective of what I saw, it was not, it, it, it was more secret, the relationship mm-hmm. between Eleanor and Max. Um, sure. It, it was not something that was, that was very blatant for everyone else. Like some of the relationships have been and some of the, you know, sexual contact has been, um, but it's also not, it, it is not played in a shame kind of way when Max at the very end of the episode to, to jump all the way ahead just for a moment, yeah. uh, when Max leaves her room to go try and sell the map to Rackham or not the map, but the, the, the page to Rackham, the schedule, yeah, the schedule, um, uh, Eleanor is laid out over in her bed and not, mm-hmm. you know, and she's not like. Oh, you got to get out of here. They're going to find like it's it's she is in her bed and that's, you know, just what their relationship is. So and it, it is entirely possible that uh Vane could be Eleanor's ex and that now she is only dating women. We don't know at this yeah. point. Andy knows cuz Andy's watched more of the show. Uh <laughs> Eleanor Eleanor's, you know, the the term we would use is bisexual. Sure. That is not the term that Eleanor Guthrie in 1715 would would have had or used, but mm-hmm. um it's great that we have queer characters from the jump with this show yeah. and that uh they are uh interesting and um like powerful characters like Max is a sex worker, which is not a, you know, a powerful position necessarily, but like she is scheming hard Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and Eleanor is in a a very powerful position uh, of respect amongst these pirates. And the, I will say that the, you know, having discussed the level of being a bit male gazy with the Blackbeard scene, Mm -hmm. this does not feel like that. This feels a bit more tasteful. It's, 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 it's far more, um, trying to showcase the relationship they have and the pleasure that, you know, is brought to uh, Eleanor by, by Max, but it's not like tits out. Everyone's just naked bodies on top of each other. Yeah. I, I, I the, the Blackbeard scene is definitely male gazy. Yes, I would, I would yes. say that this, this scene with Max and Eleanor is like, it's a little male gazy, but to your point, they are establishing this relationship yeah. and like, there it is not just that right it's not it's not like that scene in game of thrones where Littlefinger is telling the two uh women sex workers like how to pleasure a man and he's making them right. fuck each other in front right. of him right like, it's not like that at all yeah. it is it is it is more tasteful uh mm-hmm. despite maybe still being a little uh a little uh, titillating the the, the the litmus test that i use and it, this is not a one-size-fits-all but like there are boobs because it would be weird if there were no boobs in the situation. Sure, yeah, There's yeah, not yeah. a gratuitous amount of boobs. It's not like boobs are like the main actor here, but it would be weird if there were no boobs in, in the situation. It would be weird if there were no boobs. Yeah. Yeah. Two Fair. fully clothed, like petticoat wearing women touching each other, but just like, now that I'm saying it, that, that could be a very hot scene. And then, yeah, well, I could be I, that, that would actually be pretty um, good. But, but I digress. Yeah. It, it so is. we, we get to the ship. Um, Flint accuses Singleton. Gates steps up and says, you know, that's a very serious accusation. Um, 
Flint lays out the plan. He tells everyone we're chasing uh, the Urca de Lima. Uh, or, or I don't think he gets into that yet. He says yeah. like we're after a score. Someone's trying to sabotage it. I know that like. We've been pulling in small jobs, but it's because we're chasing this big score. Singleton's a dickhead, and in trying to undermine my authority, he has betrayed us all. Singleton uh, is like, you're full of shit. Uh, He asks Gates, if we have a trial, what's that going to look like? Gates would probably be the judge. Singleton's like, no, this is bullshit. We're going to duke it out. Um... Trial by combat is not uh, something that I would say would be overly common uh, for pirates at this mm-hmm. time, but like disputes were settled by dueling occasionally. That's not something that never happened. Um, it would not happen while the ship was at sail. So, like, if Ronnie, if you and I had a beef mm-hmm. and we're at sea, we have to squash that beef till we get to land. Yeah, you're working, and we can we can settle it then. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't love that the duel happens on the deck of the ship however they are in port and it just seems like that's where they had this meeting they told everyone meet back up at the ship captain's yeah. calling the meeting and then the confrontation happens so like i'll take it yeah they're not at sea um i like the fight scene like it's 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 pretty over the top yeah uh it's it's like pretty hollywood but like flint gets his ass beat like it's not like he is like the most skilled fighter that's ever like he is clearly out of his depth in a lot of areas yeah i would say that like flint is good he's very capable yeah but um singleton is winning for sure and it's not till flint like fully cuts loose like In in in, a, in 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 an act of unhinged violence that makes all of the pirates go, whoa, buddy! Yeah. <laughs> uh, he takes a cannonball and just like smashes the shit out of Singleton. Um, the Chekhov cannonballs, the Chekhov yeah. cannonballs. I, I I cluck those pretty early yeah. as like, uh-huh. ooh, Flint's not winning this fight with a sword. It doesn't seem like no. I have seen people point to this scene and say it's unrealistic that the sword breaks. Uh, as someone who's watched a lot of Forged in Fire, <laughs> uh, the sword doesn't break because it hits another sword. The right. sword breaks because it comes down on the cannon and Flint fucking kicks it. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, you can break a sword that way. Like, especially uh, a fucking, uh, it, it's it's not even a cutlass. It's like a saber. Mm-hmm. Like, that, that, that boy ain't thick. Like, yeah, yeah you, you could... If you're holding that in a, in a vice and kick it as hard as you can, like uh, uh, an adult person could could snap a a a, a, a saber like that, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, Flint wins the fight. He he hands the thing to Billy. He lies. Um, the the scene where like Flint is like covered in blood and his nose is all fucked up and he's like slowly like standing up above singleton's broken body to like give his unhinged speech the amount of memes i've seen of like look at my baby girl baby girl's first like <laughs> war crime shit that like black sales twitter does i fucking mm-hmm. love uh shout out to like toby stevens news who's always sharing the best like flint memes mm-hmm. all the time i love you i love everyone on black sales twitter so good um his speech is great. He's now evangelizing yeah. to the whole crew. So we have seen him do this talk. Yeah. 
multiple times throughout this episode of, let me tell you a story about Vasquez, uh, of a Spaniard named Vasquez. He gives it to Richard Guthrie. He gives like a version of it to Billy on the, the rowboats as they're like trying to get back to the crew. And then he gives it now to the whole crew of, I'm going to make you princes of the new world. Mm-hmm. We have this mission. And like, the entire thing is smoke and mirrors. The entire thing is a bluff. If one person right. looks over Billy's shoulders and sees that the page is empty, or if someone had seen him slip that empty page into Singleton's pocket, right, it's gone. Or if you happen to be John Silver and know for a fact that you are holding that page, yeah, he, I love that he doubles checks that he still has yeah. it. That like someone hasn't like picked his pocket. I I was ready for that to be like the reveal that like uh, Max had already sold it and she sold it to Singleton. And like mm. I was like, ooh, that would be like a good. And then it's like, when when Billy opens it and it's obviously blank, it's like that is the the right choice. That is much better. Yeah. But like, there is that like he has. It makes like a great use of like Max being involved because like things are happening that he doesn't really know about, and so like anything could happen. This is where I went from. I don't know if I'm like gonna watch episode two to like I'm invested. Yeah. This yeah. is not where I fell in love with Black Cells yet. I still hadn't fallen in love with Black Cells on my first watch. Mm-hmm. But uh, I was like, okay, I am I am here for this. Like, mm-hmm. this Flint guy is a dirtbag, and I want to see yeah. what he gets up to next. Yeah. Like, how is he going to get out of this? And, like, Silver is also wily Coyote running, where if he looks down for a second, he's yeah. going to fall. Yeah. Like, like, Silver and Flint are both running off this cliff in different directions as fast as they can. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing beneath either of them. Mm -hmm. It is. Yeah. There's that certainty that I was talking about, that kind of order that Billy was thriving in is just, it's, it's, it went from Flint just didn't have it to now it's fucked for everybody. And I, I am so here for the chaos that that creates in this incredibly chaotic world. I'm sure that everyone on the crew of the walrus is going to act really responsibly <laughs> now that they told there's a score of 500 million uh, pieces of eight in 17, 15 times, which is so much more money yeah, now. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure they're all going to act totally rational moving right, forward. Right. Yeah. So the, the episode actually ends on Max confronting uh, Anne and Jack. And mm-hmm. she said that she had to find people who were not afraid of Flint and hated him. And here we go. We we she goes to two people that have already tried to overthrow Flint's uh captaincy from a different crew. Yeah. And I within like that the she last twenty four hours. Like within it, the last twenty four hours. I like that she approaches Jack though. She doesn't go to Charles. She goes mm-hmm. to the person who she knows is the business minded member of this uh triumvirate she goes right. to jack right and uh says i've got a deal for you and that's where the episode ends yeah yeah very good um a bit disappointing to uh, i've been noticing as i've been watching some new shows that this has been happening and maybe it's just like a thing that happens um to dispatch uh singleton in the first episode, like you said, he was a good villain. He was a good bad mm-hmm. guy. He was very compelling. Um, I was, uh, me and Kirsten started watching Tudors, uh, I, I think similarly from start. No, it's on show. T- it was on Showtime. Um, but uh, spoilers for uh, Tudors. 
uh, first two episodes of Tudors, the main villain in that is like quickly dispatched uh, in a way that's like, oh, that felt like it was like cleaning up a pilot, maybe like, ooh, we mm. we 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 made a pilot and now we have a story to tell and this story arc doesn't actually work into the main story. So we're just going to clean that up. This felt earned as much as I want to see more of Singleton, as much as I, I enjoyed him as like a presence on the crew. I'm sure someone else will take his place as that like antagonist within the crew. Um, maybe that person is just Flint. <laughs> um, he, he was the leader of a large faction yeah, and yeah. there are going to be people that question his story. Maybe not enough to challenge Flint in front of the whole crew. Right. But you know, um, there's there's going to be fallout from this for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um that was that was just like the one thing that yeah. I had that I was like, oh, but again, I I am I am on board. I, I trust I'm putting <laughs> my trust in in the show and I'm 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 pretty confident that I'll I'll be okay. Um there is a moment where Flint you know, he comes on board, they're about to take the vote, Flint says, like, I need a minute. And he goes and he wrecks shop in his office uh, before he sees the feather, before he knows that something yes. has been stolen. Mm-hmm. Um, is he ready to like, like, in thinking back to it, I don't know if I read it like this at the time, because I knew the feather was there and I knew that would be a like galvanizing factor. But like, is he ready to just like, let it go to just like, what is what is like that moment supposed to be in your eyes because for me as i look back it's like well this one is fucked but i'll i'll rally a new crew and we'll find the page and we'll get out there to to you know, i'm i'm going to get this one way or the other like is he is he i i read when when you ask like the 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 scene are you specifically meaning like flint going in there to like throw a tantrum real quick yeah, I mean, like what? Yeah, like okay. once he is done throwing his tantrum, like yeah. what is his intent? Is his intent to go out and still try and make a speech and rally the crew, or is his intent before he realizes that the book that that you know before he kind of has the light bulb moment of like that someone had to come in here to compare this? the page yeah. to the book? Yeah, right. Somebody. It's not that somebody, someone stole something; it's that someone came in to compare the stolen page to right, the book. Right. Um. Like, that I feels like see... a light bulb moment to me where he kind of like, oh, you know what? No, I'm not done yeah. here. I, I have more so, to do here. So I think he he hadn't realized that the page is on board. Yeah, fair. Because why, why would he think that? Like, yeah. the page could still be on the, the, the merchant ship that they stole. The mm-hmm. page could have been uh, a member of the crew could have, like, ripped it out and burned it. Like, he doesn't know what happened to the page. The captain didn't know what happened to the page. So he doesn't know that the the page is on board. However, realizing that someone was in that drawer, he's able to put the pieces together that someone can, came in here, didn't steal the book. But if they were looking at the book, it was because they knew about the missing page. Right. So I think he's going in there, one, just because he's so fucking furious about... Mm being challenged he just has to like scream about it right but he knows he can't lose his cool in front of everyone Mm -hmm. but then also he's slowly putting the pieces together that like all right singleton might not have the page but someone theoretically on this ship does Mm -hmm. let me kill 
two birds, one stone kind of thing. I'll put the heat on to Singleton and maybe the person who stole the page will let up show themselves. I think he's probably already suspecting that it might be silver just because silver was part of that crew. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see what he does with that information next episode. But yeah. that's my read on the situation of like Flint state there. Yeah. It just, for me, it seems like he is like that moment before, like he is at rock bottom and he, mm-hmm. but he, he has still has that gold fever and he still has that hope that like, I'm going to like make good. Like this is going to end well for me, whether it's with the walrus or whether it's with, you know, some other crew or whatever it is. Like I, he, he's not giving up, but he is like considering his options in that moment before it's like, Oh, hold on, hold on. Wait a second. will Never stop. Flint will never, ever stop. There's going to be one way to stop Flint and it's not going to be happy for him. Um, he 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 is a force of nature. Yes. Uh he he is a hurricane. You don't you don't stop that. You don't slow it down. Um you get out of its way. And he's so so fucking hot. Yeah. Like Yeah, he is. His like everything. His covered in blood flint, his mm-hmm. uh, uh solemn everything is going wrong flint. His, like, pondering, educated, like, uh, elegantly askew hair, flint, like, every, every bit of him is so fucking sexy. And it, I, I can't think of a character in this level. I mean, outside of, like, getting into other pirate media, outside of, like, in Orlando Bloom, but even then, like th- this is this is not a character that is like on the same. Will Turner is not on the same level as Flint. No, is Will here. Turner is way too pretty. Right, right. This is this is a. You're either a a, a, a Captain Flint girly or a Captain Vane girly, or if you're really nasty, you're a Jack Rackham girly. <laughs> <laughs> I can see it. I can see being a Jack Rackham yeah. girly. Hey, that little that little fucking pipsqueak uh, yeah. could, could 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 definitely. Uh, then there was, there was ugly, it was terrible, like sideburn mutton chops. I love them. Just like I love his little, dumb sideburns. They're, they're, they're very good, but I do hate them. Yeah. Um, um, <laughs> he's uh, nasty. He's a he, nasty little, he's he a nasty a little nasty grease little boy. Shithead. Yeah. And I do, I do uh, enjoy that. Little but yeah, greasy boy, Jack Rackham. I am, uh, I am a Flint boy. I'm a Billy Bones boy. Um, there, there are uh, even, even. I mean, you're to, to talk about the Orlando Bloom I'm, World Turner. I'm not of saying it all. anything about this, but yeah, yeah continue the, to say it, the, the the Orlando Bloom World Turner of it all. Uh, as soon as you, I saw John Silver in the like in the hull of the ship of way back in like the first minute, I was like, okay, this is a pretty boy, and mm-hmm. agreed, he's a pretty boy. I like, I, I do like the boy. I like the look of this boy. Um, and then he uh, has sex with lots of people and is is very ripped and and, and sexy and, and oily and, and all the things. Silver takes a while to grow on you. Uh, at least he he took a while to grow on me. I didn't love him from the jump. Um, going back to this episode now, 
I did find him more charming from the get-go, mm-hmm. especially, again, I just reread Treasure Island, so, yeah. like, watching this introduction to the character after uh, rereading that book for the first time since elementary school was just like, oh, shit, like, I get it. Like, yeah. I get every choice that was made. It totally works. There, um, I, I, there are very few... I, I, don't, I don't know if I'm here for the vein of it all but i feel like that might also be a thing that comes with time because the, the i vein, love charles vein. the vein of it all has been like incredibly villainous in like in a way that i have not enjoyed like i, I narratively sure. is good but is is still just like is not attractive in the way that like to me that the way that flint is other than that, there has not been a person on this show who I'm just not like, yeah, incredibly fuckable. Like, incre- like I am very here for for this very sexy character, and they're all uh, done so well. All all the actors are doing such a phenomenal job, uh, even with uh, with some of the lines that are a bit stilted in some places. But I will say the exposition is done terrific here, and so like even those oh, things are like so much good exposition in yeah, this episode yeah. about. Uh, historical references and references to Treasure Island and shit. Like, the exposition here is to, like, they're assuming that people who are watching this have maybe seen Pirates of the Caribbean and that's it. Yeah. So they are laying out this whole world as roughly historically accurate as they can, Mm -hmm. given the medium. And they do a fantastic job. Um you know, it's 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 obviously not perfect. It's not a documentary. It's not, uh, you know, a college history textbook on the age of sale. Right. But like for a, a high budget Hollywood TV show, like yeah, it's pretty fucking accurate. Uh, yep. You know, as as best as the narrative can allow. Yeah. Um, uh, to that point, uh, Flint is my favorite character, but I want Charles Vane to fuck me. Uh, very badly. If if, if, I, if I get to sleep with one of them, it's Vane. Um, I want to be disrespected a little bit, and I know that that That's says a lot fa- about I, me. And I, I need therapy, but like, I, I, I feel like Flint would kind of be, uh, a little, a little too nice about it. Sure, and you've seen scenes in the future where uh, sure. Flint oh, is yeah. involved with involved with you know a a a, a, a man, and so Partners, like there there yeah. is like a one to one. Where I am, I am looking at unhinged like oh yeah, um, you're looking at feral the the, the, the eyes on the horizon. Yeah. There's gold in them, their hills, and we're gonna get it together. And like, but also like, I am your captain. Yeah. Um, I, I am your at, king. Yeah, I am fair, your yes, fair, fair, that, fair. that that if nothing else, I am your king. Like not <laughs> yeah, not like I'm your king, but like we have no king. You're looking at him. You're looking yeah. at him. Good. Now, now go be a good boy. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah <laughs> you yeah, should write yeah. some Billy Flint fan fiction, Ronnie. Uh, I'd oh, read it. Oh, give me, give me a little bit of time. Give me, let, let yeah. me collect a little bit more of the source material, well, and I will, you, I will certainly get on there. You might not have as much time as you want, but yeah. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> um, this has been uh, Genders, Queers, and Buccaneers. Uh, Thank you for 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 listening along with us. Uh, I always love when the discussion of media is well longer than the actual piece of media itself, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I, I fully expect that to be this moving forward. So if that's your thing, welcome aboard. We we are, we are happy to have you on. Um, 
we, as we mentioned earlier, we are part of the Where They May Radio Podcast Network. You can go to wherethemay.com to see all the shows that are on our network. Shows like Roll Weird and uh, Force Friends Rewatch. Other shows have reached their, their logical conclusion. There may be more from them, but... But we have retired some of those shows. Uh, but for now, it's 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 a it's a triumvirate of 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 our three shows, uh, and we would love to have your support. Uh, as we said, there's going to be lots of lots and lots of bonus content from this, just because we can't not go into depth into all this. Uh, so. I want to thank Bristol Podworks for editing this episode and producing it. Thank you so much, Bristol Podworks. Yeah, thanks, Bristol Podworks. Uh, I'm also going to say thank you to Bristol Podworks for our intro. Yeah, Although Bristol Podworks yeah. has not has not done that yet, <laughs> um, and uh, it's going to be good. It's going to be it's a gonna good be one. Great. It's going to be great. Uh, um, a sign off. Keep a weather eye on the horizon. Keep a weather eye on the horizon. I don't really know what that means, but I, I'm on board with it. I don't know. It's a pirate thing. That pirate, pirate thing. I don't know. Well, do you have a do you have a sign off idea? Hit it. Hit it. Um, there's so many good like flint lines uh, from from your princes of the new world. <laughs> it's not it. bad. It's something. It's not bad. From your princes of the new world. Uh, I've been Ronnie. I've been Andy. Uh, Ray's anchor. Uh, full compliment. Set sail. Weather eye. Bye. Bye. <laughs>